Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. DAC-oriented stuff to get into coming up here at 1220. Get into, get into the calls action from the uh, previous weekend right after that. Uh, I got We got a couple Jason Garrett clips we should play here too, but before we do that, KT... We need to celebrate the power of Boog from last night. I got one clip, and it's kind of a become a hashtag each week during the Monday Night Football uh, broadcast where Booger McFarland, just because he's been elevated to that role that kind of Witten was taking a lot of flack for last year, mm-hmm. and now it's like a hashtag Booger McFarland. You can find a lot of things. If you just watch the game, there will be things he says that it'll have your head scratching. And uh, I didn't know I felt this way about Booger until probably he got elevated to this role full-time. I got one clip that I think you guys are going to like. Uh, so last night, the the Lions were called for a 12, man, 12 men on the field. Packers were about to kick a field goal, 12 men on the field, and it extends the drive. Packers get a first down because of it. Matt Patricia is in his second year as a head coach. So we could argue small sample size so far for Matt Patricia as a head coach. I, I wouldn't say we all know what he's about, right, as a head coach. Right. Here's this clip from Booger that made me think uh, about the NFL uh, a lot differently. That could be the break that the Packers need. That's very uncharacteristic of a Matt Patricia coach team. They do not want to be penalized. They don't want to make mental mistakes. A mental mistake having 12 guys on the field. Somebody didn't get the call. You're in. I'm out. I'm out. You're in. They didn't get it. And now the Packers have new life. It's very uncharacteristic of a Matt Patricia team because his teams specifically over the last they year. They do not want to be penalized and they do not <laughs> want to make mental mistakes. Right. Those other teams I'm are out. looking to, you know, get right. a couple flags thrown on them. We have a rich 21 game history with which to look at the history of the Matt Patricia teams. <laughs> and as we look at that, <laughs> this is the team that is anti getting penalties. Right. A lot of teams are okay with these penalties and mental mistakes. Not these guys. But if you look at a Matt Patricia team. There was a play and the Lions were up, I believe, at the time twenty uh to thirteen, I believe was the score. I could be it was twenty two thirteen. I'm sorry, they were twenty two thirteen at the time. About thirteen minutes left in the game and it was a second and ten. Not only do I not like running on first and ten, I'm not a huge fan of running the ball on second and ten. Now there's you know, some give and takes there. You know, that's a very it's not a Always thing, you know, mm-hmm. but second 10 is a pretty bad running down because what if you do get three yards, then you're looking at third and seven. That's not optimal way to get first downs. There's 13 minutes left in the game. They're up by nine and he goes second 10 right here. They really need to run it. And I'm like, why would he say that? Like, it's just, just don't say anything. That's it's, my, 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 <laughs> it's a bad take, but yeah. B, it's just well, unneeded. Why didn't he do, why couldn't he just say, Hey, look, if it's me, I run the ball here and here's why. Explain yeah, why. He may yeah. have a reason. Yeah. My least favorite moment of Sunday 
was when the Cowboys threw on first down and you knew they were about to run on second and 10. I mean, yeah. I'm just sitting there going, God, we're about to run, aren't we? I think I, I really think the Cowboys changed what they were doing because of the tackles. I really think yeah. they I really think they felt like we have to run the ball. I think that's because, very possible. Because we're so compromised. I and mean, right. Dak was getting killed. That's why Dak that's why Dak changed to that little sweep toss on third and eleven. Because mm-hmm. he looked up and not only was every freaking jet on the line of scrimmage, Greg Williams was on the line of scrimmage too. I mean, he was getting to run. Yeah. I mean, it was just so typical. He's like, all right, we're not going to get 11 yards uh, if I have half a second to throw. So I'm going to turn. I'm going to toss it out here, and maybe he can get outside and pick up the first down. It wasn't a wave the white flag moment. It was, I don't have time to throw this. We're not going to get 11 yards here. Simply not going to happen. All right, uh, before we get into this Bill Barnwell stuff, um, this is the Jason Garrett clip from yesterday that everyone was reacting to. Uh, Kavanaugh was tweeting about it. There was a lot of discussion. We talked about this in the mix with G-Bag before the press conference, and we actually said exactly what Garrett said. Listen to how antiquated this belief is. Shippy, it is clip number 31, Garrett talking about using that very first timeout there at the end of the game. Just that it was going to take too much time to, to get ourselves back up there. So we wanted just to stop, take a breath, and give ourselves a chance to call something that we liked, uh, which we were able to do. We were able to convert the touchdown. The, I think it was the next play. Are you thinking about the onside kick situation and realizing that no one really recovers these anymore, that if you use that timeout, you're kind of limiting yourself maybe to force them to kick it, even if there's 40-something seconds left in the game? Yeah, again, you have to do first things first. Obviously, we're trying to keep the timeouts as long as we could keep them, but you got to get into a play that you feel good about to go score a touchdown. Again, we're able to do that. You know, I, that's it's a problem because obviously when Garrett called that timeout, he made it impossible for them to have a backup plan. Right. If they score a touchdown and they still have their three timeouts, even if they don't get the onsides, they can get a three and out and still get the ball back. Right. But if you blow that timeout, you can, you, you cannot. You can't. And it was and, right and, before that where Romo was like, they've done it the right way. They've saved all their timeouts. And then they immediately called the timeout and blew it. I think when he says that, I think he came in and micromanaged because, I mean, was was Kellen Moore sitting there going, I, I don't have a play, guys. I don't have anything. Does anybody, does anybody have anything? Yeah. I think Garrett said, no, no, no. My job's on the line. I'm going to make sure this is a play call I like and make sure we get in yeah. so it's not like, okay, we got stopped. And and that's what I've been saying. Like, In fact, I even used the phrase, take a breath. That's the exact phrase he used, and it's it's a mentality. you know. And, and it's not – people like to come in here and go, man, Garrett is so stupid, he doesn't get it. No, he gets it. He disagrees. He disagrees. He thinks the one – Moment at a time mantra way outweighs trying to manage a game. And so what he's doing, like, well, he's talking about this big giant brain he has and he's so smart. Computer will, uh, you know, compute all these different outcomes and all these different probabilities. And then you make decisions based on those probabilities. He eschews all of that and says, no, no, no. We have to be present in the moment and strictly focus on the moment. And what he does is he does, he does exactly what you're talking about, Ben. There is now one outcome and one outcome only. And that is get a touchdown and get the two-point conversion. However, if you approach it the other way, you have multiple outcomes and multiple ways in which you can win the game. He gets rid of all that so we can focus on this one thing because when you start focusing on other things, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to lose. It's a mentality that he believes in that the modern way of thinking does not agree with. And honestly, it's worked for him because he's kept his job for 10 years. It's a great point. So, and I, I think 
This is where I, I'm bothered. Like, if you're going to lose that game on Sunday, no matter what, here's the way I would have preferred to lose that game. I would have preferred to lose that game by converting the two-point conversion, and then you give the Jets the ball back with 35 seconds, and they go kick a field goal just so he has to wear it. Right. Because I think he's kind of skating. I think he's kind of skating clean here. But just because the entire world does not know how important that timeout was. We as Cowboy fans who watch the whole game know it. Well, like, I'm not sure like the entire how, world knows how bad that would have really looked on him. How does the whole world not know? Because it's quite simple. You either use you save your timeouts yeah. or you don't. Romo just broke it but down for the world. It's just it's just looks it looks a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger. Because oh, you if mean they, if it had burned them, it would have been more. Yeah, like they, should, but everyone they convert, should still know that was a crap thing to do. They should know, but the entire world would know. I mean, they would mm. see it happen, and it would be because of him. And this is where I ask basic questions, and I am I, if, if I'm offending him, I, I apologize. Does he watch the NFL? Like, I know he watches tape. I know he game plans. I know he preps. I know he works hard. But, I know and believe that. Does he watch all the other NFL yes. that we watch on a weekly basis no, when, and see teams – Get burned by doing no. taking timeouts like that and seeing teams go kick a field goal in 30 seconds. No. KT, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He sees all of it. He knows all of it. He just disagrees. Is, he disagrees. It is against yeah. his philosophy. It is stubborn. What's, what's disrespectful, and I and I get it, where we get angry at this. It is disrespectful to think that these men that spend 20 hours, 16 to 20 hours a day, every day, focused on every probability and every possibility somehow don't have the information. The guys that talk sports four hours a day on the radio, we don't have more information than they have. Exactly. We all love our opinions and think that we know everything. They've got infinitely more information than we have. This is about philosophy and decision-making. He disagrees and has fundamentally done it time and time again. KT, he remembers he does not think that he cost the team the game in the playoffs against Green Bay. He doesn't believe that his terrible clock management cost them the team he thinks nope I had a rookie quarterback I needed to get him under control because that's what's best at the moment he was wrong but he believes that to this day otherwise he would have changed and that's why he has to go that's why they have to make a change and dude they need to make a change from Marinelli too Marinelli's got to go this old school mentality we're going to play the old way it's just it's time to move on Mm -hmm. you know these guys are stuck in antiquated ways it's time to make that adjustment. They thought, you know, they've kind of tried to do it. They they thought, okay, Chris Richard will do that for the defense, and Kellen Moore will do that for the offense. But if Jason Garrett still has his clamps on everything, and Marinelli still has his clamps on everything, both those guys are ingrained into that conservative nature where we are going to line up across from the man in front of us and dominate him. Doesn't matter if they know what's coming. We don't need deception. We don't need to get creative with blitzes. We don't need to do any of that stuff. Let's just go outwork the guy in front of us. They just can't do it. And defensively, they don't have the studs to do it. They don't have the stars. Who are the guys that are just going to go dominate the middle of this defensive line? I mean, Warren Sapp makes that defense work, right? Those are the guys, Brooks the three technique, the guys who are just monsters. Right. Those guys cause all sorts of havoc. You got a couple war daddies on the outside. You're still not getting pressure. You're still not getting pressure. So I look. I, I think Garrett's got to go. I think Marinelli's got to go. I'm not sure about Rashard. Is Rashard being held back from Marinelli? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But their defense is terrible. Their the, defense is antiquated. It's outdated. Their head coach is too. It's time to switch it up. And this is two weeks in a row that you had Aaron Rodgers and then Sam Darnold, which we didn't 
know that he would be that good. As Jerry said with us earlier in the show, his best game of his career. That was it's great. really the first time Donald's done anything in the NFL. Yeah. And then you're going to get one next week um, who, again, is the same ilk in terms of you can't just put a target on him and go rush him. Right. You know, like Wentz is fantastic to, at making The way you plays. rush him has to be – like getting pressure is hard to get pressure on those guys because they get out of it. Right. And they go extend plays and Wentz is right. the same type of way. And this is, over the years, we've seen the mobile quarterback hurt this team. Mm-hmm. That's been a thing. And that's where, you know, I thought they could handle golf last year in the playoffs. I was more worried about Russell Wilson than, than golf. But I also, I, I, I know, like, I still like Jalen and, and Leighton Vander Esch as linebackers moving forward. I do too. I still like, the, I'm okay with the tank deal. He's just hurt. I think he's hurt in six different places. Robert Quinn's been awesome. In the secondary, I, I just, I think they're, they're good players. I don't think they're great players. I think they're all good players. Are they Jags? I think they're Jags. I think they may be just the guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Byron's really good, like, really good. But, like, you know, that just might not be the guys who are going to go make, you know, all those interceptions that you want. There's, I mean, not a ton of teams who are getting a ton of turnovers, but you are at the back end of it. I think what I look at, though, I think about the defense and the, and the way they've played is I, I wonder, like, is this something that the Rams are going through? If the Rams are 3-3, three and three, they were in the NFC. They're your NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Bro, the Rams like, scored seven points. There's seven points, but that's also coming off a week when they gave up 40, uh, 55 points to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, two weeks ago, we weren't bitching about the defense. We were saying, you just held the Saints to know, like, you didn't get off the field uh, in time for our liking, you know, like, but... That we didn't. They didn't score a touchdown. But that's all the more reason to make a head coaching change. It's just a matter of when, because there's water coming in the boat from every angle. Yeah. There's there's your special teams is suffering, your offense is yeah. suffering, your defense is suffering, and then if you plug that hole and you have a good game offensively, well then your defense lets you down. If you've got okay, we've got this worked out with the offense and defense, then your kicker lets you down, and then if your defense is doing it, then your offense suddenly can't do anything, and you're calling run plays all the time, and now you got an injury bug. Unfortunately, this is heading in a bad direction. I do, I don't think the season's over. I think you brought up a great point, Skin, just pointing out that last year the Cowboys were three and five and they made the playoffs. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel, but I do think that this message has gotten stale over this long of a time period, and maybe Richard just with all that energy would be the one thing that could save you. But if they go win, if they go win this week. Mm-hmm then, all right, maybe the sky's not falling and they can turn this thing around. That That's what makes this a massive game. This could be, I don't want to be overdramatic, this could be a must-win game for Garrett. Probably not. But there's a good chance that, I wouldn't say there's a good chance, there's a chance that if the Cowboys lose this game, they fire their head coach after it. I think they lose by two scores or three scores and it's really ugly. I think he's gone. Yeah. Aside from like team quitting or not quitting, like like we talk about with, Wade 10 years ago. I think you go get beat by two or three scores, get beat handily up and down. I think they'll make a move. Well, they, go, they also, I want to mention this. They yep. have the toughest schedule remaining in the NFL. Yeah. The Cowboys have the number one. They've eliminated schedule. all margin for error by losing some of these games they shouldn't lose. All right, it's Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That, that, did you guys, uh, 
I heard uh, Kavanaugh talking about this. You know, there's uh, there's QB rating and QBR and all these different ones. Dak is, I think it's QBR, whatever credence you want to put on it. Dak is still number one in the NFL in QBR. Going into last week, the Cowboys were the number one offense in football. I they mean, went into that game missing both their starting tackles. Pro Football Focus says each of those tackles is a top seven guy in Tyron and Lyell, and they're 64 tackles, so they're both top seven. Uh, then they lose their number one receiver during that game. I, I mean, this is so lazy, so incredibly lazy. Um, you know, when I look at this, I, I don't – there's a lot going wrong, but it's not Dak Prescott. No, what I saw was a – tough quarterback taking hit after hit after hit amazingly only got sacked one time in that game continued to make spectacular throws you know and really it's gotten to the point where this is a guy who has in the past struggled with accuracy here or there but if now now it's like dude if uh you're the guy's just living under a microscope so much so that if a ball is not perfectly thrown to his receiver sometimes they can't come up with it for him I mean, there's been a lot of drops. And, yes, he was high on some throws, and that's going to happen when you're getting your head knocked off on every play. But it's like, man, people need to – I understand there's a need to pull out a blame thrower and burn something down. Hey, who is responsible for my Sunday's sucking? Who are we angry at? Point me in the direction. Who am I mad at? Who are we going to yell at? I get it. And it's always easier to just go for the quarterback because it's the low-hanging fruit. It's the easiest target. But people need to dig deeper on this. The, the frustration over this three-game losing streak, if you're upset with Dak Prescott, you're just doing it wrong. So in the past, when we would ask Jerry or Steven about Dak, the tone of the answers would be, well, we believe in Dak. He's a good young quarterback, and he's got a way to go, and we see progress, and we believe in the abilities he has, and blah, blah, blah. Now, when the times that we've asked him over the last couple of weeks, both Steven and Jerry, their, their response is almost like, what? Are you really asking this question? Are you watching football? And it's just the tone of the way that they've answered the questions is different. Almost like, oh, we're going here? Wow. Uh, okay, novice. Uh, let, let me throw this out here. I'm, and we could have gotten into it at any point, but it, it, it underscores what you're saying. So Bill Barnwell on ESPN has these nine questions that will define the NFL. And he's talking about the recent offensive slide. So in the first three weeks... They have, we've talked about this stat where it's projected completion rate percentage, like based on the coverage and where the receiver is, now much time you have to throw and all that, what percentage of his throws should he be completing? And in the first three games, it was 65%, and yet he was completing 75%. 10 percentage points higher than what is expected of a quarterback. Wow. Then in the last three games, when everything has been bad, his completion percentage should be 60%, and it's 66%. And that is also combined with the fact that over those same three games, he has the fourth highest percentage of drop passes by receiver in the NFL. So not only is he completing passes at a higher rate than what is expected of him, his receivers are dropping passes at the fourth highest rate. Right. It just doesn't yeah. compute to this Dak sucks thing that's, so far in your rearview mirror, I don't even know how to talk about it anymore. He's in trouble uh, this week, and it's going to be really tough uh, for him to, if both these tackles are out again, 
and you know you're it's gonna life's gonna be really difficult and you're without Amari Cooper yeah dude and Zeke was limping around last night hey maybe just bumps and bruises that's fine but he was walking noticeably with a limp Zeke also said his favorite games are Sunday night night games against a divisional opponent and then he said uh I'm not gonna say what you know and any uh, opponent but my favorite games are Sunday night games against divisional opponents is that because he can stay out later on Saturday? I think he was kind of hinting up to his favorite games or Sunday night against the Eagles at home. Oh, and well, I was having fun with his answer, but you know, without saying it. And he it's, is. This is a this is a tough situation for Cobb. Any, play? Yeah, this is a tough situation for any quarterback. I I just think we're beyond that. We should, we need to move on. Um, you know, it's it's time to move on. If you're if you're looking for somebody to to point the blame finger at or the blame thrower. You need to start looking beyond uh, beyond Dak Prescott and the idea that you, you would want Cam Newton. I would not take Cam Newton over Dak Prescott and Pat McAfee do some damn homework and try to figure. The Cowboys came into that game as the number one offense. Please, that is a terrible take. It's I, lo- a, it's I a like kicker take. You know, I, yeah, it's a total kicker take, dudes. I like Cam Newton two years ago before his body was destroyed. I mean, I used to like Cam Newton a lot. Now he had you want to if you want to be mad at Dak for accuracy issues. Have you ever watched Cam Newton game? Oh my goodness, he's like fifty percent, dude. He's throwing that thing into the stands. However, he makes great plays and he led a team very far one year. He was MVP of the league one year. There's a lot to like about Cam Newton, but if you don't like Dak because of accuracy, you're not turning to Cam Newton for right. Christ's sake, Lord have mercy. Now, uh, I've always admired Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer is a guy. I, I, first of all, Trent Dilfer's name comes up all the time. If you, when you start deciding if a quarterback's only good if he's won a Super Bowl, or a quarterback's not good if he hasn't won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the Trent Dilfer Dan Marino thing is hilarious. You right. know, Trent Dilfer has a ring. Marino doesn't, but it's more complicated than just that. So Dilfer, when his name comes up, I'm always reminded of that. And I'd also like to throw this out there. I don't have the Dilfer Heath Schuler draft in front of me, but I believe Dilfer was a top ten pick. Let me look it up. I like it wasn't. It was. Stuff. It wasn't like uh, Dilfer was just some Case Keenum they picked up off a scrap heap. He bounced around a little bit before he settled in, but I'm pretty confident Dilfer was a top ten. Pick. Oh yeah, I love this stuff. 1994 NFL draft. Oh, Dan Wilkinson went number one. Ooh. Marshall Falk, number two. Heath Schuler, number three. 94, is that the Todrick McIntosh draft? Yeah. Cowboys got him in the sixth or seventh? Might be. Seventh round, Willie McGinnis, fourth. Trev Alberts, fifth. And sixth to the Buccaneers, Trent Dilfer. Can you see if the Cowboys got Todrick McIntosh in the seventh round of that draft? That is Kevin? correct. It picked 216. Yes! Mm. The only seventh round pick ever to hold out. <laughs> R.I.P. T-Mac, we love you. Uh, okay, so, and, and the other thing about Dilfer is now that his career is over as a player, I think he's a fantastic media guy. Like I enjoy his perspective. He always makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's also got a strong shoe game. Yes, uh, he I'm does. A big Trent Dilfer guy. That's right. Well, he was on. Uh, he what's that little tiny uh, blowhard basketball college basketball blowhard? What's that little? Oh, uh, Gottlieb. Gottlieb. <laughs> Gottlieb. Yeah, can't stand that dude. He was on Gottlieb show, and Trent Dilfer was. I, I think Gottlieb. You know, without hearing it, was probably given a terrible take about something and. Dilfer had to explain, well, let's just tap the brakes on panic over the Cowboys. And I, I enjoyed this. This is Dilfer breaking down what's going on with the Cowboys offense. Well, I think they, listen, there's no excuses, but there are reasons. And I think too often we all play this tough guy, well, there's no excuses in the football card. When actually there are some real reasons. When you lose both tackles, when your alpha number one receiver goes down five minutes into the game, it's really, really hard to be consistent offensively. And it's really hard to be consistent in critical moments. 
and you look at them in, in the red zone, obviously I think they, they sputtered once and they missed a fourth down. They don't get the two-point conversion. A lot of that is because you don't have your dudes. When you don't have your dudes and you're not working um, at full strength, it's hard to be consistent. Now, Dak deserves a little bit of the blame, but I would say not the burden of it. Um, he still played pretty darn good with what he's been given. Uh, he was under immediate duress most of that game. He actually made a lot of plays uh, by creating space and time for himself. Uh, he did it without Randall Cobb and Mari Cooper, without either tackle. I mean, they're, they're limited at what they can do offensively. I mean, does anybody disagree with any of that? No. No. It's all accurate. It's hard to win without your tackles and your number one wide receiver and your number three wide receiver. So the advantage a lot of teams are going to lose that game. Uh, most teams will. The advantage that baseball players and hockey players and basketball players have over football is just playing another game within a day or two, because whatever people are overreacting to goes away. It is a small sample size because there's only sixteen of these things, and there's wild swings from week to week, and it is so overanalyzed. And people forget everything they've ever seen. And they only remember that week's game and they wildly overreact to it. There is no context. When when people discuss football games, context goes out the window and they're just angry over what immediately happened and they don't even take the time to go back and really watch the film to find out why those things happened. Falling in a hole 52-6 to six in back-to-back weeks is not a real great way to win football games. I would agree. 52-6, to six, guys. I mean, those are the deficits that you were working with. A couple of uh, quick housekeeping things. By the way, just listening, you got a chance to win $1,000. Fan anniversary is coming up. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary here on The Fan. It's it's our chance to say thank you to you for being the best listeners in DFW. Taking place Saturday, October 26th from noon to 4 at Texas Live. We're going to have a bunch of different uh, professional athletes are going to be there from all the different organizations. Uh, Charles Haley's there. Jalen Smith's going to be there. Chris Woodward's going to be there. Uh, this is family friendly. It's free to park, free to enter, totally free. Just a chance for us to thank you. Please make plans to join us for Faniversary. One other housekeeping thing. Right now, uh, we've upgraded the Radio.com app. Yes. So we want you to listen to our show live on a radio. That's our preferred way for you to listen, in your car or wherever on an actual radio. If you can't listen that way, we would love for you to stream our show on the Radio.com app. Well, now on that app, you can rewind and fast forward. So that's pretty cool, right? Nice. If you miss Incredible, something, dude. you pause, go back. If somebody rings the doorbell, hold on, I want to hear this Jerry interview, whatever. You can uh, rewind it, go back and listen to that, which is really, really awesome. And then beyond that, if you miss us live on the radio or you miss us you know, via the stream, you can still go listen to the podcast. Like We'll put the Jerry podcast up. Go to at Ben and Skin on Twitter. Listen to the Jerry podcast, any of our podcasts, all of our best segments go up there. Or you can go to 1053thefan.com slash Ben and Skin, and you can listen to us there as well. I know a lot of people listen to our podcast. We still get credit for that, and we're grateful for your support. Absolutely, and we've made it easier for you now. So uh, you can get the goods whenever you need the goods, so please make that happen. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us today. Coming up next, it was an incredible slate of college games over the weekend, and we'll break it all down for you right here on The Fan. Thank you, Shippy. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Happy lunchtime, everybody. Hope you're having an awesome day. Uh, it feels feels like a Tolo Tuesday is always kind of a, I don't know, a step in the right direction. We've kind of gotten over the shock and awe of the Cowboys' loss. And yep. We're trying to fire the coach. We've talked to the owner. We're talking about a do-or-die game Sunday night. It just feels like, I don't know, 
they, the anger and hurt from that loss is just slightly in the rearview mirror now. And right now, now we got our pitchforks and torches out. Yeah, right now it's just despair. Right. Oh, wait, wait. I don't even know. What stage of grief is this? But if the Cowboys were to win that oh, game on Sunday night, yes. suddenly they're back in control of the NFC East. Best nobody's, team ever. Nobody's panicking. We're planning a parade route. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for feeling better next week than I feel right now. I think that'd be a great thing. I'm for that as well. Uh, unfortunately, if you are a Texas Longhorn fan or Texas A&M fan, you're probably feeling a little bit of that sorrow and despair as well. Let's talk a little college football. Let's go around the campus here and talk a little college football action. Let's start with Texas OU. This game is probably the score is a little bit closer than the actual game was. Terrible tackling from Texas, missing a lot of guys due to inter, uh, injuries, and OU kind of beat their doors off. This is the game that Vegas thought it was going to be. I was, uh, I thought I'd get up in the 40s. I was hoping that um, I was hoping for a better showing than than what the score indicated. Because you know, all along I, I haven't thought Texas was one of the top teams. I wanted them to be in that second group, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure they're in the second group. I think they're at the top end of the third group yeah quite no, frankly so 15's where they're at so yeah that, where that's are. that's where yeah i think uh guys you're burying the lead oh, we've talked a lot about the nfl officiating i'm not sure why a ref had to make a speech before the beginning <laughs> of the game and issue a sportsmanlike conduct unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to every player like that was i've never seen anything like that a ref before the coin toss goes to the entire stadium this is a great rivalry Let's keep it civil. <laughs> All right? Unsportsmanlike conduct on every player. <laughs> Two, is, is it's he, like, what are you doing? Is that setting the tone so he can just eject anybody whenever let him, he wants? Let him talk ass. That's what, this is fun. Yeah. This is supposed to be a bloody fist fight. Too much is being made of all this horns down, and that's all I ever remember growing up was animosity between no. these two. When you say this is supposed to be a bloody fist fight, are you being British? Or are you just saying it's supposed oh, to be? Oh, that's fair. Like, I don't, you're, sometimes yeah, you get real British. It's a bloody fist fight, it is. It gets real British sometimes. Right. I just thought that was a weird way to start the day. I didn't like that. I like, I, I for Texas OU, in fact, considering that they took away Texas and Texas A&M and whatever that was, mm-hmm. I need Texas OU, I need that to be something. I need that to be trash talk. I agree. I need them playing in the Big 12 championship game that's again later in the year. So you know what? If they want to go... And they want to horns down each other, or they want to go over and, and talk trash on the other side of the field. Let them do it. It is. What are we, what are we protecting here? Yeah. No. You bring up a I good understand. point. You bring up a good point. It is incredibly disappointing that that incredible tradition that was Texas, Texas A and M, has been abandoned so that A and M can get five wins every year in the SEC. What a disappointment, <laughs> man! That sucks. Uh, so obviously good. Texas has a banged up secondary yeah. that hurt them, and I think Texas fans are hanging their hat on okay if they meet up again in the Big Twelve Championship. Texas might have as many as six players play in that game that couldn't play in this one, and they will own the Sooners. That's what I've always said. Um, what'd you guys think? <laughs> always, about, I, I know they had drops, but what'd you guys think about Sam? I mean, I think it's pretty typical of it. There's moments in every UT game where I'm watching Sam going, God, can we do something else here? And then there's also moments where I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. He pulls things out of his butt. Now, there was less butt pulling going on in this particular game. 
But I, I just think he's my, an awesome college quarterback. He's an awesome college quarterback. I, I I take that back. He is a really good college quarterback. I just find it the limitations on him are are, are clear. Yeah, he's gonna throw it at someone's feet. To three me, times they're very clear. Yeah, fullback playing quarterback, kinda. But then kinda. he'll. But then he's always got two or three throws a game. Or oh, like, yeah. damn, that's incredible. Go, that'll play. Yeah, this that'll is, play. I got. I got to spin on this. All right, this is. This is. I'm gonna. This is one of my brothers. Big diehard. I'm not gonna tell you which one. You can which guess. Which one? Uh, only half the player, and I think this represents mm-hmm. the way the UT fan base is thinking. These guys yep. spend their lives on OrangeBloods.com. Yep. Okay. Only half the players are Tom Herman recruits. All right, this is Jonathan. The juniors and seniors on this team are Charlie Strong recruits. That's Jonathan. His two full recruiting classes were ranked top five in the nation. The current class that signs in December is also around top five, and the class that signs a year from now is currently ranked top in the nation. So in two years, uh, he has recruited the whole team. After he has recruited the whole team, they will have top five talent, and he's a good coach. So... Texas fans, I think, are thinking, well, it's just a little early. No, We're not there. We haven't made the transformation yet to right. all Tom Herman's guys. Right. So your younger brother saying that? No. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Usually Harris, Tony is not going down that path. The big issue for Texas is the Texas fans need to shut it and stop complaining and have more patience. The year before Texas won the national championship, Vince Young was shut out by OU and went 8 of 23 for 86 yards. In fact... Texas lost the five OU games leading up to the national championship year. Texas fans are a little bit entitled and think they are, are ordained to be good. What? We haven't uh, been good in a decade. It, they're finding it tougher in the modern era uh, to dominate like the old days. I love when Tony brings up 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Any Texas fan needs to bring that up, right? Yeah, 2005. Right. I mean, That's worse just... than us bringing up uh, the Rangers in 2011 <laughs> or the Mavs. <laughs> yeah, 2011. Um no, I, like I said, the way I viewed this specific game as this game will determine to me whether or not Texas has moved into the second tier yet. And I said at the beginning of the segment, they haven't. They're at the top of that third tier. Do you believe in this Tom Herman thing? Like, hey, I give do. it time? I, no, I, I think he's a good coach. I never know what to make of this because uh, like, my brothers are always telling me Texas had a top class. It's I, the greatest no, no. class ever. And then I'm like, every time that. it comes that's, to the NFL no. draft, not one Longhorn's getting drafted. That's not just I, your brother. That's every college yeah, football that's fan a, ever. That's every college. I don't believe in all that top class crap. My Baylor friends, my God, growing up. Oh, it, but just wait. The yeah. recruiting class. No, it's just, and like, I, no. I realize why there's hype and all that. And it's fun to get in all that. But you're talking about the physical development of 17-year-olds. Okay. The ones that are absolute monsters. Yeah, they're absolute monsters. But all that top recruiting class, that's crap. It gets, you know, get these guys, develop them, put them in a system that works. It's really more about Herman than whatever some guy has ranked a recruiting class. Think about how many high school football players there are. Okay. And they don't play each other. It's, it's, it's way too much. If I told you you could go back in time and pick your allegiance and you could go to any college and starting right now, Alabama, this Texas college has the brightest football future, who would it be? Texas, Texas A&M, TCU, Baylor, SMU. I think it's got to be Texas just because they're not in the SEC getting their ass handed to them five times a year without without fail. It's probably Texas, but that's, I'm glad you mentioned Baylor. We should talk about them. 6-0 and now, all right? 6-0. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen. Matt Rule's turned this thing around. And Matt Rule was nearly the next head coach of the Jets, so he's legit. 
They played Texas Tech this weekend. Went to double overtime. Oh, and I think God, we need that drop back. If you wanted to watch about four hours Shoot. of a guy licking his lips, then that's what you get when you watch a Baylor game. I Is mean, it like rule, Michael Jordan, like okay. hanging his tongue out wanna, while he's playing? <laughs> I want to disclaim it with: I hope he doesn't have something wrong with him. Oh wow! It's like, like I hope he doesn't have something. Some disease where his tongue's always wagging. What if he was just eating something delicious and he's still got it on his face and he's trying to re-enjoy it? I couldn't believe what I was watching. His tongue is out of his mouth all game long. And it's like it's not like it's just wha- hanging out. I get back in and then back out. And he's like yelling at the refs and he's yelling a lot. It's like Bill but Ghost busting ass he, Murray. Thank you. I was and just he, thinking that. It's wait, like wait, my dog. He is his like tongue his, too big for his mouth? That's what it is. <laughs> Like, our dog, Bill Ghostbusting Ass Murray, can't keep his tongue in his mouth because there's just too much tongue for that little dog mouth. I think he's just, like, wetting his lips a lot. Like, I think he's I, got Gene Simmons' tongue. It's, oh, it's really, and I think the ladies. Oh. What? No, it's real quick, though. It's not our like hanging out. Football fans. I'm very quick. It's not hanging out. It's, just, it's real quick. What do you mean? But, like, like it's all game long. It's amazing. Uh, someone said he kind of looked like an English bulldog. Is it forked? Uh, oh, good question. I mean, thank forked. you. What do you mean? Oh, like a snake? Yeah. Is it forked? No. What does he not mean, forked? No, you can't <laughs> even see it. It's so quick. Really? But it's all game long. He's just like, if you can't. <laughs> like, so I'm talking to you guys right now? It's all game. It's 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 it's, it's very. You're uh, describing Jabba the Hutt. And what's, a, what's incredible, <laughs> he was described to me in a way online. It was very funny. And I'm going to reissue someone else's joke for fun. That Matt Rule looks like a seven-year-old boy. <laughs> who just crapped his pants and doesn't know if he should tell anyone or not. <laughs> and if you pull up a picture of Matt Rule, just Google right. it right now. You guys have the power of computers. No, I'm no. good. Google Matt Rule. Ben, will you do this? I don't see a tongue. And tell me what you're saying here. You think Rule I'm, is spelled with an H, isn't you it? You guys kind of see what I'm saying, yeah. seven-year-old boy? <laughs> it's pretty close, right? I don't see any tongues hanging out, though. Hold yeah, on. I, I searched... Matt Rule tongue. You and still do don't have any pictures of him with his tongue. I, I, think, I think he you might I, be making this up. No, okay, I think, here, I think here the, they are. Uh, I think the internet here blocks. Let me it. just go through it. Here's the, oh, the tweets. Matt Rule has a tongue. Does he have rabies? Um, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Why is Matt Rule a lizard? Put your tongue back in your mouth, guy. <laughs> what is wrong with Baylor football coach Matt Rule's mouth? Dude, keep your tongue to yourself. You're reading your tweets. No, I'm reading all these tweets. <laughs> Matt Rule's tongue has been in overtime since Baylor's first touchdown. I come, hold on. Is How there a hair on know? Matt Rule? No, we need to keep going. I'm Googling it and nothing's coming up. Then no, don't Google. You've you got to go to Twitter. His Google is better. Okay. Is there, a ma- is there a hair on Matt Rule's tongue or something? Jesus, dude's tongue is out of his mouth as much as it's in it. Matt Rule's tongue licking lips is kind of gross. At KT hold Fun on, tweets, hold on. Matt Rule's tongue thing is disgusting. I just I just entered Matt Rule tongue. The first thing that comes up is a tweet from Kevin Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Go look at the Twitter though. Twitter was exploding with you it. You look at Twitter. Good <laughs> comeback. I mean, and to be fair, it was my first Baylor game that I watched this year. Watching Texas Tech. You just reduced them. that man's brilliant career and undefeated <laughs> season to just Six sticking oh, his baby. tongue out. Can I ask Ben a question right now? God. What does this mean? It's like the McPoyles and it's always sunny. Oh yeah, dude, the McBoyles. <laughs> That's true. It is. Like or is it Poyles? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, they're fantastic. What does that mean? I don't so, know what that so means. So there's these characters that they seem somewhat inbred. They're very strange, <laughs> and they're very pasty and, and awkward, and they're always licking their lips, Weird staring man. at you like, like, like uh, you're Travis Frederick and they're honey baked ham. Let's okay. get to the Lawrence Tynes tweet real quick. Yeah, Lawrence Tynes, former kicker. He tweeted. The tank for Tua thing is a joke, right? 
that cat will not be a starter in the NFL. <laughs> no way, no how. I'd take him in the fifth to seventh round as a backup at best. Who is this, Pat McAfee? <laughs> Great kid, but he's all hype on a superior team with superior talent. So there's your first draft hot opinion of the year as we get a little Who, closer. Seriously, who said that? Lawrence Tynes. I, man, one of my uh, favorite college football watching moments of the last 10 years is when he came in at halftime and saved the national championship. I mean, he was slinging that ball around, and it was a blast to watch. Lawrence Tynes? No. Tua, you <laughs> moron. <laughs> Keep your tongue in your mouth. Yeah. All right, so ben- SMU's ranked at number 19 now. Missouri's ranked number 22 after a 38-27 win. Tough loss for UNT. They'll take on Middle Tennessee this Saturday. You can come see me Thursday night at the Alamo Draft House in Denton, 7 to 9 p.m. I'll be there with my friends at Dos Equis. It's so exhausting. Coming up next, an hour of dead air. <laughs> Let me promote your stuff. I'm just exhausted. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.